right, welcome back to the Biased Opinion Sports Podcast. It's been a while. We're a little busy. Um, this is episode number 25. Let's talk NFL, college football. Let's make some NHL predictions. The season just started. And uh, talk a little MLB playoffs at the end. Got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we, had, we haven't had an episode in a while, but yeah, I'm here with BJ. And uh, let's start with the NFL. So, uh, yeah, anything to say about the NFL to start off, BJ? Uh, I think we should start off with last night's game. Overshadowed by bad officiating as Trey Flowers had two hands to the face penalties in the fourth quarter that cost the Lions a game. I think the Lions have themselves to blame a little bit. I mean, they can't, they kicked like five field goals or something, so they weren't able to convert down the stretch into uh, field goals into touchdowns. In the first half, I think they could have scored more points against the Packers. They had a chance to put Aaron Rodgers away. And also, they never really blitzed Aaron Rodgers. Patricia always brought four guys who never got any pressure, and Aaron Rodgers just picking them apart with just random wide receivers. But at the end of the game, I think the referees uh, made some bad calls, cost the Lions, and I think the Lions deserved to win that game. And now two, two, and two, two, two and one in their division, which is very good. They're in last place, and if they won that game, they would have been in first place. So that was a big blunder by the referees. Yeah, I mean the that was that that last call of Trey Flowers was awful. He had his hand on the guy's shoulder pad, and that was. I mean, we could have had a chance to see the Lions with a minute and a half left try to march down the field and win the game with the field goal. That would have been exciting Monday Night Football, uh, division rival. Every, that would have been a great way to end that game, but instead it ends on the Packers taking a seat at the one-yard line and kicking a chip shot field goal off a stupid call. So that bad refereeing last night ruined what could have been a very good ending and what should have been a Lions W. Well, no, I don't want to get them high. Who knows if they would have driven on the field. The Packers' defense has been solid. But, um, yeah, what it ruined what could have been a great moment. Um but the Packers, I mean, they're five and one now, and I don't, I don't even like. I guess it's it's been a weird season for them because like Rogers, Rogers made some good throws, but overall he hasn't been he hasn't been the one carrying them to the wins. It's been everyone else carrying them to the wins. Well, Rogers has just kind of been manager almost at times. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. And they've also they've beaten some good teams: uh, Chicago, Minnesota, Dallas, Detroit. They're all Detroit was been playing well this year. Dallas was uh, Super Bowl contenders going into the year, and they've beaten all those teams. And also a new first-year head coach, too. Usually you'd think that the team would take some time to adjust to the coach and the coach time to adjust to the players. But they've, they started the season 5-1. and one. Oakland at home next week moved to 6-1. and one, And they have a real chance, I think, to come out of the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, I mean, the other teams in their division, the Bears 3-2, and two, their defense is still good, but – it's it's taken a step back, and if their defense isn't the best defense in the NFL, which I don't think it is, I don't know how far they can go with Trubisky at QB. That dude is I – mean, Trubisky's been doing his best Blake Bortles invitation so far this season. This guy looks awful. He's And he got hurt. Now Chase Daniels playing, and he's not much better. Um, I don't know who's going to play this week. I think it's like a game-time decision thing. But, like, the Bears – and the worst part is their offense is kind of talent. Like, like Allen Robinson looks like a, a true, really good – He makes these crazy catches on the sidelines, contested with two guys because Trubisky can't throw the ball to him. But it's – I don't know. It's – the Bears are – I feel like they're wasting their opportunity right now and that Trubisky pick is – we've talked about it before, but that Trubisky pick is going to haunt them forever. Like, this team – this team could be so, so good with a legit quarterback and they're just – yeah, and they just have Mitch Trubisky instead, which is dragging them down as a whole. But, yeah, um – Anywhere else? Anywhere else in the NFC you want to talk about? 
you have some opinions on the uh, Minnesota Vikings, don't you? I do. All right. Minnesota Vikings, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. Two weeks ago, they were demanding tra- – Diggs was demanding trades. Thielen was calling out Kirk Cousins and the coach. They're like they're because they ran the ball seventy percent of the time, which was a stupid strategy to begin with. I'm not denying that. I don't think there's any problem with the fact that they started throwing the ball. I think that was the right move. They should have started throwing the ball. Although I do think Kirk Cousins sucks, but that's another story. But regardless, they have two of the better. They probably have the, one of the best wide receiver duos in the entire league, if not the best. And they just were wasting it after paying both of them, just because they wanted to basically run their injury-prone running back into the ground for the first four weeks, which didn't make a lot of sense. But the fact that their head coach threatened to bench Stephon Diggs, he uh, wasn't budging to use a run first, the old-fashioned head coach, Mike Zimmer. And then instead of actually following through on this and benching the guy that he said he was going to bench, and I know they fined him a little bit, but really, I mean, Stephon Diggs signed a massive extension. I don't think that's going to hurt him too much. Um, he skips practice. All he, get, he doesn't get benched. Run first team, but no, they let Diggs and Thielen run the team. Let, might as well let Diggs and Thielen call plays from now on because they passed it 50 times, and they do win. I don't think that was a bad strategy. But Bill Belichick, if Stephon Diggs was crying about a demanded trade to the media and Adam Thielen was calling out Belichick to the media, he probably would have traded him or cut him, similar to what he did with Randy Moss. And Randy Moss, my favorite player of all time, complained about his role in the offense of one game in like week four way back when. And Bill Belichick just sent him packing a Tennessee on waivers. So – I don't know. I don't think this is a. I don't think that's how you win in the long run. I don't know how anyone in that locker room can respect the coach anymore because he's getting, he's basically getting told what to do by these two wideouts. And also, I don't know. If, I, I just don't see Kirk Cousins winning them any big games. So, yeah, I don't see the Vikings going anywhere. They're a talented team, that's for sure. They're, they have, they have talent everywhere other than the quarterback position. I think Kirk Cousins sucks, and I think he's a choke artist. And. I, I just I don't like the Vikings this year. I Zimmer Zimmer should not be getting bossed around by his wideouts. That's that's a recipe for disaster. That's how you become Freddie Kitchens 2.0, letting OBJ run the team. Uh, I like the move by Zimmer. It shows that he's uh, adaptable to his players, and um, he's flexible. He'll take advice from other people. And he doesn't think that he's the uh, he's the best uh, best one for the job. So I think I think Zimmer shows faith in his players, changes the offense around, and I think Minnesota now is a better team. And you bring well, up Belichick. Belichick has Brady. Mike Zimmer doesn't have Brady, so it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit different to compare those two. Well, I think, I mean, if you're saying that he's adaptable and he can change the offense to what's working, I think the guy's kind of an idiot because that means he was complete. His, his whole thing going into the season, he said in all the preseason press conferences and stuff like, "Oh, we're gonna run the ball more than anyone else in the league. Pound, pound the rock, pound the rock, feed Delvin Cook. We're gonna run the ball a million times." That was his whole thing, and then three weeks in, he abandons it because, or five weeks or whatever, because because two receivers told him what to do. And I, I don't know. I, I can't respect that. That's, that's bad. If I, was, if I was a player in that locker room, I would not take Mike Zimmer seriously for the rest of the season. What next, their third-string wide receiver is going to start asking for the ball and demand a trade. And instead of trading the guy, he's going to start feeding him. What's next? Dalvin Cook's going to start crying that he doesn't get enough carries now, and they're going to start feeding him. It's too many mouths to feed, too many divas in that locker room. And the head coach, uh, he's no Belichick. Nobody's intimidated by him. Nobody, there's, they know that they're not going anywhere no matter what they say. So. Not not a recipe for success. Uh, they did just beat the Eagles uh, fairly comfortably, thirty-eight to uh, twenty, and Kirk Cousins looked pretty good in that game. Yeah, it's October. It's October. I'm. I. I that's not going to last. And the Eagles are pretty bad. The Eagles are the worst secondary in the league, and they they know it too. And they say that oh, well, we stuffed the run. We stuffed the run. That's all they talk about. They're the best run stuffing team in the league, and they 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 can't defend the pass. It's terrible. They make every they make every single quarterback and receiver look good that they've played so far. 
That's why they're three and three. But uh, moving on in the NFC, I also want to talk about the NFC West. A lot of a couple interesting storylines. So, 49ers undefeated five and zero. How do you feel about the 49ers going forward the rest of the year? They are they're looking pretty good. Their defense is really good, especially their front seven. Uh, Nick Bose is playing really well. Their offensive line is pretty good. And then you look at their schedule; it's really not that bad because they finished in last last year, so they have all the worst place teams. And they've dominated the last two teams that they played, Browns and Rams. A lot of people were picking the Rams to win this game. The Rams were favored because uh, San Fran had a short week. They played Monday night going on the road. You thought it was a must-win game for the Rams, and San Fran beat them pretty comfortably. Jared Goff only had like 78 passing yards. Looking yeah. forward, uh, undefeated at Washington, home against Carolina, at Arizona. You, you should think they could, there's a possibility they could get to 8-0, uh, and I think. Yeah, I think the 49ers are a great team. Not many people, including myself, thought really like paid attention to them before the season. Uh, but Shanahan, Shanahan kind of he gets over he got overlooked a lot last year when McVay was like the young offensive genius head coach. But I mean, he shut McVay down this this week, and I think Shanahan's probably one of the best, one of the better coaches in the entire NFL. The guy clearly knows what he's doing. He utilizes the strengths of all his players, um, and he, it's kind of similar to like he. Like the team kind of reminds me almost of what the Pats did last year, where like they have Garoppolo, kind of like what Brady did at the beginning of last year, at least, or for a lot of last year, where he's they're not relying on him to make these insane throws and carry them and throw it fifty times a game. He's kind of just I don't I don't want to call Brady a game manager or assistant quarterback, so people call him, but the guy's forty two now. And last year, it's not like they had Brady in the Mahomes role, chucking fifty yard deep balls every play. They, they make the short, easy pass, pass, get the first downs, keep the chains moving. That's kind of the role they have Garoppolo in. They're using their fullback, who's – I mean, Jews check got hurt, but using their elite offensive line, elite blocking tight end and Kittle, elite blocking fullback and Jews check, and just pounding the rock with Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, and it's working. And their defense is also similar to what the Pats were last year, and they're one of the best defense in the league. So something about this 49ers team, it just reminds me a lot of what the Patriots did last year as a team. And I, don't, I like them a lot moving forward. They look really good. Shanahan's an absolute beast at head coach. Oh. Uh, They've, I mean, they've only allowed 64 points through five games, and that yeah, that's pretty. That that's solid. That's how you win. That's how you win football games. And but we do have to talk about the Seahawks. Your preseason Super Bowl runner-up pick. Uh they're five and one, same division. How are you feeling about the Seahawks and the Four Niners? Who who's winning this division? Do you think? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Seahawks. Obviously, Four Niners kind of coming out of nowhere, but I'm gonna stick with the Seahawks. I like the uh, the Seahawks. Have- well, four out of their five wins have been by uh, under four points, so that shows that they can win the close game. On the road this week, they started slow against Cleveland, came back to came back to win. I think right now the season ended today. I think Russell Wilson would probably be the MVP of the league. And this, this week at home against Baltimore should be a uh, close matchup. We'll we'll see how the Seahawks do. I think they're a little inconsistent on the road, but I think I think they'll get it done in the end. And they have the Pete Carroll is a good coach. He'll have them ready. And at home, twelfth man, pretty uh pretty hard to beat. Yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, the, Russell Wilson has been incredible. I think – I don't know if there's stats or anything, but like you said, he's he's definitely the MVP favorite right now. I think he leads the league in pass rating by a considerable margin. Um, and 49ers and Seahawks top this division. It's very surprising to see the Rams only a half game above the Cardinals, who were the worst team in the league last year. Uh, I mean, I, I McVeigh, this is not looking good for him. But he really – it seems like teams have almost figured them out. And I don't know if they just don't have the talent they did last year on the O-line and that running back. Gurley's kind of definitely – Gurley's definitely lost a step. Jared Goff is 
looked nothing like he did for most of the part most of the season last year. Um, but yeah, it seems like the the league has kind of figured the Rams' offense out, and McVay has yet to adapt or adjust or anything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I and they have no money to spend too to improve the team. Yeah, no, they pretty much exercise all their resources. I believe they made a trade like earlier today. They traded away Marcus Peters. And Marcus Peters was has been terrible this year in coverage. They traded for some guy on the Ravens that I never heard of, but I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This their defense was never really their defensive line. Obviously, they have Aaron Donald. They the guy's probably the best defensive player in the league, but their their secondary was terrible last year, and they didn't really do anything to make it better. Keep to leaves on IR, I think. Uh, I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. I don't know the Rams. The Rams' defense is not not good enough at all to help them out in the slightest when their offense struggles. And Gurley just doesn't look the same at all. Gurley looks slow, afraid to get hit. He didn't play last game because he hurt his quad or something, but Gurley doesn't even look remotely like the Gurley that we saw the last couple of years. Yeah, you talk about the defense, giving up 55 points to uh, Jameis Winston, not not a good look. And then in the Seattle Thursday night game, they they could not stop the Seahawks to save their life. I mean, every big third down, Seahawks are converting. So, I don't know. They're def- now at Atlanta. Atlanta's not very good this year, but their offense is pretty good. So, that game, that could be a high-scoring game. Yeah. that. And the, I mean, the the game against Atlanta is probably their biggest chance to turn the season around. Atlanta's been terrible this year. Um, yeah, Atlanta's 1-5. And if you're below if you're below Jameis Winston in the, in the division standings, that's when you know you're in trouble. Pretty sure Atlanta's head coach is about to get fired. Uh, they, they, if the, if we thought the Rams can't play defense, then I don't even know what the Falcons are even trying to do because their defense is abysmal. Uh, they, I mean, they made Will Fuller look like Randy Moss in his prime on steroids. So, uh, yeah, I, if the Rams are going to bounce back in a big way, it's probably going to be this week against the Falcons. But if the Rams struggle this week, I don't, I mean, they might have to, they might be in the market for a new quarterback, Cam Newton or something. I don't know. They, this, that that is not look if they struggle this week against the Falcons for McVay or Goff or anyone on that team. They need a win. Yeah, and I think uh, last team in the NFC we should talk about Dallas Cowboys. Uh, tough loss against the Jets this Sunday. Started slow, were down twenty-one to three, and then came back. And in the end, they failed two-point conversion to tie the game twenty-four twenty-four. They lost twenty-four twenty-two. After three weeks, Dak Prescott looked like maybe the MVP of the league, one of the best quarterbacks. Pay him now, give him thirty-five forty million. Last three weeks, he really hasn't looked like a quarterback that you would give him more than $25 million. So that contract situation for me, uh, one to look out for. But Cowboys defense really hasn't shown up the last two weeks against Green Bay or the Jets. Sam Darnold came back and gave the Jets a little bit of a spark, and I guess the Cowboys don't really know what to prepare for because Darnold really hasn't been in this year. But that was still a pretty poor defensive performance from the Cowboys and just an overhyped, overrated team. And looking at it now, watching the way that they're playing, you would be – they could struggle to finish about 500 this season. And that's not something that we were saying after three weeks of the season. Yeah. I mean, when we did the NFL, that last game this week, the, the Jets Cowboys game made me look really stupid. I said the Jets were the worst team in the league at the beginning of the year. I said the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a, that, that's looking like a terrible take by me. Not going to lie. I still think the Jets suck. I just think that it was a bad game by the Cowboys. Uh, Darnold still threw an awful pick. So, he, yeah, Darnold's terrible. Doesn't change that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying I was wrong there. I think Darnold and the Jets and Adam Gase are all awful. But Dallas Cowboys, I mean, there was whispers after they started the season 3-0 or whatever that it was only because they played a really easy schedule. And, I mean, Kellen Moore was getting hyped up as the next 
And he was getting hyped up as like the next McVay Shanahan, like young superstar offensive coordinator guy that was going to get a massive head coaching offer next year. And the offense has looked completely different in the first three weeks. I mean, they, they were aggressive. They were throwing the ball downfield early, and now they're just throwing these short pass. They're back to like the old Cowboys. They run the ball 50 times. Everyone knows it's coming, and it doesn't work. And it's same old, same old. I, if, they, if they have a bad season this year, does Garrett finally get fired? I don't know. I feel like they have to get rid of him at some point. Yeah, a lot of the Cowboys fans are calling for Garrett to be fired. And he just he can't motivate them at all, really. There was like one clip where no one was high fiving him coming off the field. So I don't I don't know. He's not he's not a great coach, and he's not he's not coaching his talent to the best of their ability. No, he's not. A, I don't think he's an NFL head coach, but he's been there forever because Jerry Jones loves him for some reason, and it always seems like he does enough to not get fired, but he never does enough to help them get anywhere close to a Super Bowl. So I don't know. if. If I'm the Cowboys, I you, I think they have to move on. They got to find a new head coach. He's not cutting it. He's not bringing you anywhere. Um, yeah, we'll... I I googled uh, some replacements for Jason Garrett, and I found this article back in 2012 with the most likely candidates to replace Jason Garrett. So they've been talking about his job for years, and he yeah. still has not been fired. This is a Bleach Report article from 2012. It was like the first thing that popped <laughs> up. So I don't I don't know. Bob, Bob Stoops is on that list. I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, J- Jason Garrett needs to go. The guy, I don't, I, it seems like, like I was talking about earlier, I don't think any one of the Vikings are going to take Zimmer seriously. Does anyone in the Cowboys take Jason Garrett seriously? Like, those those guys do not, like, that locker room's always a mess. They, who knows? They, I don't know. Jason Garrett's just not an NFL head coach, it doesn't seem like. And Yeah, they need, they need something. They need a change. They've needed a change for a while, but it's the same old Cowboys it's looking like. Uh, pretty disappointing. I thought it was going to be they were going to be a fun team to watch this year. They were for the first three weeks. They were they looked awesome. I mean that Gallup dude was looking like a future stud at their number two wideout. Cooper was looking like the best receiver in the league. Dak was looking like a franchise quarterback. But even even Zeke hasn't been great this year. He, it's not like he's taken over any games. And I don't know. It's it's the the Cowboys are disappointing. Their defense, which I thought would be one of the better defenses in the league, with Jalen Smith, Vanderash, all these young studs on their defense. Byron Jones is always good at corner. They they the defense has been terrible, like you said. They I mean they, they made the Jets look good and the Jets are awful. So yeah, I don't know. Disappointing for the Cowboys. Uh yeah, I'm I've almost given up on them as uh going to the Super Bowl. I've pretty much given up on them going to the Super Bowl against the Pats. I was completely wrong there. Not afraid to admit that. That was that was a bad take. Moving on to FC. Yeah. Um uh, Pats six and zero as usual. Not much to talk about in the AFC East. My Bills, Bills is my sleeper team in the AFC. Is looking pretty good though. They're sitting at four and one. Their defense is pretty nasty. Josh Allen still can't take care of the football, but that doesn't really matter. Their defense is really good. That's all that really matters for them. Yeah, the the quarterback will stop them from winning a playoff game though. I yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you there. That guy, Josh Allen cannot keep keep the ball. Like he he turns the ball over like four times a game. It's pretty bad. It's it's honestly hard to watch him play quarterback sometimes. And he doesn't really have any weapons either. Like, John Brown should not be a number one receiver in the NFL uh, on any team. John Brown's a decent deep threat, but that's all. That's it. And somehow this guy's the number one wideout for them. But that doesn't really change the fact that Josh Allen can't throw an accurate pass to save his life. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about the AFC East. The Pats are going to win the AFC East again. There's they, Pats, we, still, we talked about it last time. They're looking like they could go 16-0. The offense hasn't been great, but the defense is 
been shutting it down on the schedule so easy that 16 and 0 still is not anywhere close to uh like 16 and 0 is still a very good possibility i think knock on wood um afc west chiefs yeah the the afc is pretty boring so far the raiders are actually 3 and 2 surprising surprisingly not bad Derek carr has been really good i think um yeah, they've taken some big strides. People thought they were going to be terrible this year, uh, especially after the whole AP thing. People, I don't know, they, I didn't think the Raiders were going to do any good this year. Chargers, Chargering at two and four, bottom of the standings in that division. I don't know anything to say about that division. Uh, the Chiefs have not looked good in the last two weeks. They've lost two home games in a row, and then this game against the Texans, uh, their defense is just they cannot stop the run at all. So teams just run it basically almost every play and. They're just keeping the Chiefs off the field. Uh, time of possession, Texans had 40 minutes. Chiefs had 20 minutes. So, if you keep Mahomes off the field, you're going to have a good chance to to win the game. And that's what the Texans did. And then also in the fourth quarter, it was like under two minutes left. It was like a 48-yard field goal. The Texans were up by seven. And it was fourth and three. And Bill O'Brien went for it. And I, I love that move. You put the game in Deshaun Watson's hands, not your kicker's foot. And the kick, the kick would have made it a 10-point game. Deshaun Watson picked up the first down. Chiefs had no timeouts left. So, it basically ended the game. And it was a great move by the coach to go for it on fourth and three, and it paid off. And I'm I'm worried about the Chiefs. They they'll win the division, but they might not get a first round by. Yeah, I mean, in Mahomes, it was interesting when when Tyreek Hill was out. The teams kind of they were they like he kind of looked human almost. He didn't really look like the Mahomes were used to without Tyreek Hill there. I mean, it, the weapons to replace him were kind of a joke. I I never heard of most of them, but uh, when he, he kind of struggled, a, not really struggled, but relative to what he usually does. He didn't really look like the same player without Tyreek Hill there. So, they didn't get Tyreek Hill back. But, yeah, like you said, their defense, um, similar to the Rams, but at least their offense is picking up the slack, has been pretty awful this year. Um, and this year they don't really have a run game like they have in the past with Kareem Hunt. I mean, they they have – LaShawn McCoy is not the same player he once was. Damian Williams sucks. That guy's terrible. And then the other guy, Terrell Williams, I don't know what he even – I don't even know if he's playing. Their the run game hasn't really done much for them. Um, didn't get – yeah. No, so, Mahomes kind of is all kind of – I don't know. It's Mahomes is kind of by himself there. He's kind of carrying the team without Tyreek Hill. Um, but I still I, – I agree with you. They're still probably going to win the division. But I think they got a lot of hype going into this year mostly because of Mahomes, and I don't know if there's enough talent around him to make a deep run in the playoffs, really, especially if they don't get a first-round bye. Yeah, uh, I agree. And the Texans, they looked really good. Also, Baltimore, they look like they're going to win their division. With the, the Browns are just an absolute mess. Their coaching is so bad, and Baker's, like, thrown so many interceptions this year. And dating back to last year, ever since he entered the league, he's got the most interceptions in the league. And used to be an accurate quarterback. Now, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Browns. They were blaming the refs after the last game, but – they're just a poorly run franchise, and they don't have any any coaching to help their players. Yeah, same old Browns. Freddie Kitchens is an awful head coach. That guy has to be the worst head coach in the league, right? Yes, he is. He is terrible. He 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 won't give up the offensive play calling duties ever. I mean, either. And this guy, a couple of weeks ago, he ran the, the obviously the most like the most obvious example of this was when he ran. He ran the, the half-pack draw on fourth and nine or whatever it was. <laughs> that has to be one of the worst play calls I've ever seen, dating back to when the Colts did that thing against the Pats way back when. That was – <laughs> I don't know what is what is going through this guy's head. 
And the thing, the worst part is Nick Chubb is an absolute beast. That guy leads the league in rushing right now. Um, he's going Nick Chubb. When they give the ball to Nick Chubb, their offense works. And when they try to make Baker look like Tom Brady in his prime, chucking up to OBJ, he doesn't really. I love OBJ, but I saw I've seen on Twitter a lot of they showing all the routes he's running. He is not running crisp routes. It doesn't even look like he's trying on half of them. And that's bad luck. And Jarvis Landry hasn't been much better either. So who knows what those two are doing? But when they feed Nick Chubb, that offense works considerably better than when they don't. But when they give the ball to him on a shotgun on these draw plays 15 times a game, he can't get a full head of steam, and that O-line can't hold the block to save their life. That's just that's just dumb play calling. Run it on a single back. Run it out of the I formation. Do something. Let him get a running start. Let him run downhill and hit somebody. I don't know. I just I think Freddie Kitchens needs to be fired. I should, they should have fired him a couple of weeks ago, to be honest. Uh, because a team like this going to the season with Super Bowl expectations and starting up two and four is unacceptable. And the guy, the guy has proven that he's not an NFL head coach, and the GM is kind of to blame too, I think, because the GM traded their only good offensive lineman for a defensive end that's not very good enough. Like Olivier Vernon's, this point in his career, he's like a he's a run stopping guy at best, and you can you can probably find a, a, a guy just as good as Olivier Vernon in the free agency, and they had money to spend, so I don't know why they needed to get rid of their best offensive lineman when they already had a bad O-line last year or a mediocre O-line, I guess you could say. But their offensive line has been a- terrible. Baker Mayfield has been terrible. Their head coaching has been terrible. The wide receivers that were supposed to be the best duo in the league have been terrible. And their defense really hasn't been great. Miles My- Garrett's been all right, I guess. But their their secondary's been out. And they they strung together a couple couple good games on defense. But other than that, come on. that This Browns team is... Pretty embarrassing, considering all the hype they got. Yeah, Nick Chubb leading the league in rushing is probably not even a good thing for them because all they, they only have him in the backfield. There's, like, no other options for them to go to. So, if he gets hurt, they're kind of screwed. And, yeah, they have no running back depth. And I'd like to see them give carries to somebody else to, I don't know, change a pace or give Nick Chubb a breather. But there, there's nobody else back there. Yeah, their backups are these two guys off the streets I've never heard of, like Dontrell Hillard. Who, he blew the game last night, actually. when he, That last pick was, I don't know, that was terrible. But he, the Browns are not last night, the other on Sunday. But yeah, when Kareem Hunt comes back, I'm assuming he'll maybe play in a third down roll or something. They, they'll mix him in because they, they're, they're going to run Nick Chubb into the ground. He, yeah, he probably will get hurt. I mean, he, he does have an injury history in Georgia. I think he hurt his knee or something when he was in college. So the Browns got to be careful with what they're doing here. But if I was the, if I was the Browns owner or GM or whatever, I would have Kitchens out of there. I would have had him out of there a couple weeks ago. It's bad. My Ravens picks one of the divisions. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't think they're that good of a team, and I don't think this offense is sustainable for more than even like Lamar Jackson. This the way he's playing right now. He, it's that that's how guys get hurt. That's how RG three got hurt. Like running QBs often get hurt when they play like this. Um, but like Cam Newton right now is barely holding up, and he's only what 30, 30 something. I don't know. So I don't know how long this is sustainable for, but for this season alone, it's working pretty well. They're not they're not the best team in the world, but I think they're going to win that division, especially because of how bad the other teams are in it. The Steelers and the Bengals are the Bengals are awful. The Bengals defense <laughs> joke. The Bengals the Bengals entire offense is basically just throw it fifty five times a game and hope something happens. But when Auden Tate is your number two wideout, uh, that's it's a bad strategy. And Andy Dalton at quarterback, same old Andy Dalton. He's terrible. He's not terrible. He's mediocre, as some people like to say, but I don't think he's very good. Uh, AFC South? Uh, college football. 
College football, yeah, nothing to say with the SEC. So, um, college football, um, you you start this. Yeah, I think we're going to start with the Georgia South Carolina game. Georgia upset by South Carolina, twenty to seventeen in double overtime. Watching the highlights, Georgia, their offense just did not look good. Fromm was pretty bad. Receivers are not getting open, and they're dropping passes. In the end, Georgia turned the ball over four times. South Carolina zero. Georgia outgained them by a lot, but the turnovers killed them. Uh, Hot Rod missed the uh, field goal to tie in double OT, but just a bad loss for Georgia. I think this loss sets a program backwards because Georgia, they want to get over the hump. They want to be in the same class as Alabama and Clemson, but you can't get to that position by losing to Carolina at home. That's just not an acceptable loss. And looking ahead for Georgia, they still have to play Florida and at Auburn, home against Missouri and A&M. I don't see them winning all four games before the SEC championship game. So effectively, I think their playoff hopes are over based on the schedule. And I just don't know if they're as good as they were last year. Yeah, um, I agree that this Georgia loss is tough. And as, as an ND fan, I don't think ND is a playoff caliber team this year. We said it before the season. I'm still saying it. Um, but that – the loss to Georgia was like a – they played Georgia close. It was supposed to gain a lot of respect for the ND, ND as a program. And this Georgia loss kind of almost makes that loss look worse, I guess you could say. So, as an ND fan, I was kind of mad that they lost too. But, yeah, that's a – I don't know how – Jake Fromm played really bad, and I love Jake Fromm. I think he's a stud. I was saying before that game that if I was an NFL team, I would have no problem taking him first overall. Uh, he, I thought he – I mean, the guy's he in the past, he's been clutch. He's a winner. He makes every throw you need to make. Um, and Georgia never really relied on him because of how good their run game has been. But that's – it's a disappointing game for Georgia for sure. And, <coughs> and Rodrigo is – Rodrigo's terrible on long kicks. You love Rodrigo. I don't know why. Rodrigo is not very good, and he's on clutch. Well, he, he might be the most overrated player in college football. Uh, yeah, he, he cost them the SEC championship game last year, too. They're up 28-14. He missed a short one. That, that kick, I don't know. Yeah, you probably should make that one, but it's, he's not the reason why they lost. I mean, he wasn't turning the ball over four times. and he wasn't right. like sixes. And South Carolina was down to their third-string quarterback at the end, too, and they couldn't move the ball at all. It was 17-10 to 10 at halftime. And I don't, South Carolina didn't score any points in the second half, and Georgia still couldn't win the game. So that's just that's, – that's not very good. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a tough loss for them. Uh, talk about keeping the SEC. I want to talk about LSU for a little bit. They moved up to number two in the uh, the uh, AP poll this week, past Clemson finally, which Clemson shouldn't be. You can make the argument that Clemson shouldn't be ranked in the top four or five right now. They've they've done nothing. They've proven nothing. But I'm not talking about them yet. LSU, Joe Burrow, that guy, probably the highest in favor right now. He's been lights out, putting up ridiculous numbers. And LSU, their defense is also – I mean, LSU's defense is always stacked. But their defense has been wicked good this year. How do you like LSU for the rest of the season? How far do you think they're going? I think it's going to be interesting when they play Alabama on the road. I'm just going to give them a loss in that game. I don't – Alabama last year or a couple of years ago, they were 11-1 and didn't make it to the SEC championship game and still made the playoffs. So, an 11-1 LSU is going to have an interesting argument to make the college football playoff over some other teams that may have won their conference. Yeah, I I think LSU is probably going to end up in the playoff this year as long as nothing just fall, as long as they don't. Even if they lose to Alabama, like you said, I still think they'll probably end up in the playoff just because if Joe Burrow does end up winning the Heisman and this team finishes eleven and one and they have this unreal defense, it's going to be hard for the playoff committee to leave out the Heisman winner with one of the best defenses in the country in the SEC. But the only loss being the probably what's going to finish as the number one team in the country. It's going to be hard for them to leave LSU out. I think they'll probably sneak in there depending on what else happens. 
because there's a lot of variables since we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. But Alabama, 6-0, and not surprising. They haven't really – they haven't been tested too much. Um, yeah, it's Alabama business as usual for Bama. Clemson, on the other hand, I think Clemson is pretty overhyped this year. I think Trevor Lawrence came to the season with way too much hype surrounding him, and I don't think he's lived up to it. I said in our college preview episode I was not 100% sold on Trevor Lawrence yet as a future superstar quarterback. And I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. I, I've not seen I, – I don't love what I see from Trevor so far. What do you think? Uh, I think we give, we give Trevor a little bit of time. He hasn't been at his best, but I think, I think he'll be okay. And in the end, Clemson's going to go 13-0 win the ACC. And Trevor will have a chance on the big stage in the college football playoff to uh, – Show what he's capable of. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about Trevor at all. Trevor, I mean, people came into the season calling him Peyton Manning 2.0, but with wheels. Say, so, say so he's Peyton Manning, but he can move. That is insanely high praise. Usually, they're essentially saying that he's better version of Peyton Manning. He's 11 touchdowns, six picks, 7.8 yards per attempt. Uh, he's regressed in basically every single stat from last year, and. Including he's barely run at all. Uh, well, he's ran. Yeah, I don't know. He does have five rushing touchdowns this year, I guess. So I'll go on that. That's the only thing he hasn't regressed in, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you, if if you're a Clemson fan, you can't feel too confident, especially because the ACC their schedule was bad last year, but it's even worse this year. They play nobody, and they're going to go into the college football playoff probably. As I'm not going to screw this up, uh, having faced absolutely nobody and. It's pretty. I mean, going from playing NC State and FSU every week to playing Alabama on a not at home, mostly Alabama fans. I'm guessing in the crowd. Uh, that's that's it's a it's a different story. And obviously, they've done it last year. They've done it before. There's there's still a very talented team with a very good head coach and a good quarterback. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence isn't good, but I don't know. I don't love Clemson this year. They're probably going to go undefeated, like you said. Probably finish ranked top two, but. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. Coming off how bad of their how bad their schedule is to who they're going to play in the playoff is a massive jump for any team to make. So I don't love Clemson. Uh, I know you like Ohio State though. What do you want to say about Ohio State? I I think Ohio State. I think they're going undefeated. Their offense is really good, and in college football, you need an explosive offense to to win games. I mean, let's just say they win this week against Northwestern. Next week against Wisconsin, who's also undefeated, they play at home. I just give them the edge in that game because their offense is going to put up more points than Wisconsin is, despite Wisconsin having a, one of the best defenses in the country and a good running game. So I don't, I don't see any team how any team can upset Ohio State when their offense is playing so good, and also their defense has been better than they have been in years. And there's just not a lot of hype around Ohio State this year. I don't know they're kind of flying under the radar, and that's probably better for them than in past years with Urban Meyer and the spotlight on them 24/7. So and they still have a tough schedule. They still have to play Wisconsin and Penn State and Michigan, but I think Ohio State will. Uh, We'll get to the college football playoff, and they'll be they'll be a tough game for anybody. Yeah, uh, Justin Fields. I was I was pretty wrong about him. I was saying before the season, kind of jokingly, but still, uh, that Ohio State didn't have a QB because of the whole con- the fake, the basically the manufactured contra- manufactured controversy between him and that backup dude from Kentucky. But he has been he has played very well. I cannot deny that. He has a, competition has been pretty weak, but. He has played very well, and Wisconsin is probably the best chance of them getting upset. They play Penn State and Michigan back to back at the end of the season. I don't think Michigan's good. 
Penn State is Penn State. They kind of Penn State's always like that. I, one of those teams that wins nine games every year. They're always good, but they can never. They're never great. So I don't. I don't think Penn State's too much of a threat, especially because the games in Ohio State. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. The the best chance of them getting upside is probably against Wisconsin, but. Wisconsin's always a predictable team. I mean, if you stop the run, what are they going to do? Not much. So, and Ohio State can do that. They have the talent. They're probably more talented than Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Ohio State will probably. I, I want to say they're probably going to win out and win the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say on them. Anyone else you want to talk about? Yeah, I think we should circle back to our uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers that were ranked twentieth uh, in the preseason poll. Uh, they just went to uh, Minneapolis last weekend and lost 34 to seven in prime time <laughs> uh, in TC Bank Stadium at night. Minnesota was a seven and a half point favorite. They won 34 to seven, had uh, 450 total yards, 322 rushing yards against Nebraska. And I don't know, everyone's saying Nebraska's back and Nebraska's this, Nebraska's that, and they just they just went up and got crushed by Minnesota and also had a big prime time game with College Game Day at home against Ohio State. And I know Ohio State's good, but that was 48 nothing midway through the third quarter, and I guess if Ohio State had to play their starters the whole game, it would have been at least 70 nothing. So that's – Nebraska's got a long way to go to ever getting back. Yeah, Nebraska, that – I don't don't get the hype there. That was – that was that was stupid to begin with by the media thinking that Nebraska was going to be unreal. Minnesota, though, 6-0. and they're, they're, they're a solid team. They're, they're one of those uh, – maybe they're the UCF 2.0. Minnesota, they're, they're, the the football team is better than the hockey team. That might be a first. Uh, yeah, next two games at Rutgers, home against Maryland. So that, that could push them into 8-0. And then they have bye week and then Penn State at home. So that, that'll be a bit – I mean, one of the bigger games in Minnesota State history. You can actually make an argument that Minnesota's football and basketball team are better than the hockey team right now, which I don't know how many times in history you could say that the Minnesota hockey team is the third best sport. Third best big time sport. I don't know anything about like their soccer team or any of that, but third best major sport at the school at University of Minnesota. That's kind of rare. That's kind of funny, I guess. And uh, want to talk about uh, Florida for a little bit. They were my preseason bold prediction for the playoff. They they lost to LSU last week. The game finished forty two to twenty eight, but it was a one score game for most of it, uh, down to the wire. Forty two twenty eight. That's only a two score game. It looks way worse than it actually is. That's one of those scores. Kind of like a little little illusion kind of thing going on. But Florida, they played Georgia in two weeks, and that's probably the only game they're going to lose for the rest of the season, I'd say. Saying that, uh, Kyle Trask has been great filling in for Felipe Franks. That guy's a stud, uh, I think. I think he's a good player. The Florida, Florida, they're, they're, they're a good team. And I, I have no regrets picking them to go to the playoff. I wanted to make a bold pick. UCF, on the other hand, that was an awful pick by me. That was a panic move. I didn't really have a fourth team ready. Brandon Wimbush isn't even playing for them, so that kind of defeated the purpose of my pick of them anyway because I love Brandon Wimbush. I don't know. That was a dumb pick. That was stupid. UCF is terrible. Um, but, yeah, Florida looking good. I think they have a chance to win out, and maybe they have a case for the playoff in the season depending on what happens. If they beat Georgia, I think. They beat Georgia and somehow win the SEC in some way, then they'll definitely make the playoff. Don't know if that's going to happen, but Florida's still alive. I'm not – I'm not 100% uh, giving up on Florida yet. 6-1, 4-0 at home. Solid team. Um, want to talk about ND for a little bit? Yeah, I think I think ND's looking pretty good this year. They're pretty solid team across the board. Uh, good win against Virginia a couple weeks ago. And then USC this week. 
Second half got a little close, but I think they're in control of the game most of the for throughout most of the game. So I don't know at, at Michigan in prime time. Brian Kelly hasn't won a prime time game in a, in a while, so we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. I know Michigan doesn't win very many big games either with Harbaugh. So I think that game will define the season. If you lose to Michigan and go ten and two, it's really not that great. But if you beat Michigan and go eleven and one, even if you don't make the playoff and win a bowl game, I still think that's a really good season. Yeah, I agree. I didn't have really high expectations for ND going into this year, but um, if I, I, yeah, you got to beat Michigan. That's that's like you said. That's pretty much the season at this point. And even if they don't make the playoffs, I really won't be too disappointed. Mostly because I don't. You can make the argument actually that ND, if they finish eleven and one, I mean, I, it's hard to say this as an ND fan, but I don't think this team is gonna stand a chance against Alabama this year. There's. This ND team is worse than the team was last year. And the team last year kind of got screwed in their playoff game, and the score did not reflect how good that team was. But you can make the argument that if you finish 11-1 and one and you're the fifth team and you're the first team out and you go to your bowl game with a chip on your shoulder and you dominate and you beat some really good uh, whoever you play, I think there's some weird implications where ND might end up playing a group of five team in whatever bowl game they're in. I saw that on Twitter, but I don't really know the whole story behind that. But... They go into the bowl game with a chip on their shoulder, prove people wrong, big win. Then I think that would look really good for the program going to the future, which speaking about the program for the future, they currently have the number one recruiting class in 2021. There's only seven guys committed right now. It's still early, but there's a five-star running back. who's going to end as a finalist. There's a four-star defensive end um, in 2022 now. that I, the, the next couple of years for recruiting for ND are looking elite, where they've been very good for the last couple of years, but the next two years – looking like elite recruiting classes, like up there with got teams like Georgia and LSU and teams like that. Still not on the Bama-Clemson level yet. They get pretty much every five-star recruit. It's kind of stupid. But ND is kind of taking that next step as a program, I think. And as over recruiting is kind of fluky, and it's obviously not even close to an exact science. It's kind of overhyped in a way. You do need those elite, like those true elite first-round pick NFL athletes that Alabama, Georgia – those SEC teams have to compete right now in college football and compete in the playoffs. So I think um, ND is taking big steps of the program. So as an ND fan, I'm feeling great about where the team is now and I'm feeling pretty great about where the team will be in the future. Yeah, I have to uh, agree with you on that one. Is that that all we got for uh, college football? Yeah, I think that's all we got. Want to talk about the NHL season so far a little bit? Make it quick? Uh, Sure. You can start with, uh, with the NHL. So, NHL, um, the season, we're six games in right now for most teams. Uh, Bruins sitting at 5-1. and one. PJ, I know you weren't very confident in the Bruins going into the season. I was. I'm, I mean, I'm never not confident in the Bruins. I'm always always high on the Bruins, not going to lie. Never never negative about them, to be honest. But at 5-1, and one, Pasta had four goals and a 4-2 win last night. How do you feel about the Bruins? Yeah, I thought they were not going to make the playoffs this year. I thought there would be a championship or not change over, change up run, hangover. thought the team would be too beat up, too banged up, too injured. And Bruce Cassidy said at the beginning of the season, it doesn't really show, but it shows in the middle of the season. So we'll see if, if it gets to him at all in the middle of the season. But right now, how, how can you not be impressed? They've beaten some good teams, Dallas, Vegas, Anaheim. So I've been – and they started the season on the road on the West Coast, and they won three out of those four games. So they're definitely like a lock to make the playoffs right now. And Stanley Cup contenders probably again – well, they won it. I don't think so, but they're, I'm more optimistic about them after six games of the season than I was before the season started. 
Yeah, and I mean, October, you kind of got to take with a grain of salt. Like, if you look at last year, the Blues were in last, Sabres were in first. Speaking of the Sabres, they're in first again at the beginning of the season. They're 5-0-1 right now. Um, in a similar fashion, the Oilers are in first at 5-1. and one. Uh, I personally, I don't think either of these teams are going to keep that up throughout the season. I still don't. I mean, the Sabres, I, you can't trust them after what happened last year, and they are a solid team and they're well coached, but uh, they still have Jack Eichel. But there's the Sabers. There's I don't think they're I don't think they're like a true top level team. So I think they will regress. Maybe not as much as last year, as drastic of a switch as last year. But um, I don't think the Sabers are all that. And the Oilers, they've been coming from behind in almost all of their games so far, even though they're five and one, and it's been working and. It shows that this team has heart and that they're a good team. And they're, they're I mean, they have McDavid, Drysidle, R&H down the middle, which is, I mean, that's probably one of the deepest center cores in the entire league. That's that's pretty unreal. But at the same time, the rest of that team, their their defense is not very good, and um, their goaltending hasn't been out. I believe they have Mike Smith in goal. Actually, I might be wrong there. Yeah, and, he's a great goaltender. Yeah, but he only his his, his save percentage hasn't been great this year. <laughs> I don't know. I think this. I think the Oilers are bound for regression quick. I think, I think the Oilers season is going to be similar to the Sabers last year, where they start off hot, but you can't come from behind in every single game and expect that to continue for the rest of the year. So I think the Oilers are going to be in for a rude awakening in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, maybe it will take. But don't don't see that team being uh, very good. I don't I don't know if they're even going to make playoffs. I I don't think these first six games reflect too much about the Oilers. It shows that they have heart and that McDavid is. Great. Dry Sidle's great. RNH is pretty good. But I don't know. I don't love the Oilers going forward. Um I do love the Avs though. Avs sit at five and zero through five games. My boy Kel McCarr with six points or six assists in five games, six points. Uh he has a point in every single game so far as a rookie defenseman. That is pretty incredible. Um I, I think only like ten guys have done that ever to start the season, regardless of what year in their career they are. 10 defensemen I've ever done that. So, um, don't quote me on that, though. I could be wrong, but it's something like that. It's... Yeah, he's, he's so good that he's got six points, and uh, his plus minus is only plus one. He's a, he's a riverboat gambler. He likes to take big risks. He like, you know, he likes to uh, he likes to get involved in the offensive zone. And I don't even know who they're playing with him, but maybe his deep partner sucks. You never know. But uh, And also, he's, he's a power play guy, and that doesn't reflect on his plus minus. So, you got to think about that. Um, but the Avs, the Avs are a wagon. And we never made true NHL predictions, so I'm going to make mine now. I think the Avs are my Stanley Cup favorite. Bruins. I think Avs-Bruins is the Stanley Cup. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I think Campbell Carr is going to win the Rookie of the Year. Not that bold, but I would have said that before the season anyway. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. What do you think? I'm going to go with uh, the Leafs against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And I think uh, the Leafs are going to pull out the Cup this year. I hate that pick. I, the Leafs, the the Toronto Maple Leafs have way too much distraction uh, on that team. Not only are they the biggest market in hockey, but when your star player is like like mooned security guards in a hotel at two a.m. in Arizona in the off season, a week before the season starts, I don't know. This team already has way too much distractions. They haven't started. Austin Matthews has been good. But the team itself is only three, two, and one to start the year. Obviously, it's October. It doesn't really matter too much for the rest of the season. Only October. But and Freddie Anderson is 
Freddie Anderson is the worst elimination game goalie. He's he's the only question I have about this team. Uh, but I think I think it's the Leafs' time. Their forward group is very good. I like what the GM Kyle Dubas did in the offseason by signing Mitch Marner and trading for uh, Tyson Barry. So I think they got more defensive defensive depth than they have had in years. And yeah, the only the only issue is the goaltender. So we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I think. Uh, I think the Bruins can only beat the Leafs so many times. I mean, at some point, you think the Leafs are going to break through. The Leafs have had uh, a couple chances over the last couple of years. So I think the Leafs have been very close in the last couple of years of breaking through, and I think it's only a matter of time before they actually break through and beat the Bruins. I mean, this analogy isn't perfect, but the Bruins are the Pats and the Maple Leafs are the Steelers. They, they, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's, they're way too deep in their head. They're way too rattled. And also, I don't know how you can't have Mike Babcock as a question mark. That guy is terrible. Mike Babcock should have been fired after last year's first round exit. Yeah. And then I was oh, for the Bruins, they're they're a one line team, and if that line doesn't score a goal, it's just it's I don't know where the goals are coming from, and that and those lines can get shut down in the playoffs. So I don't know. I still need to see more defense, more scoring depth from the Bruins from other lines before I start thinking that they're going to win the Stanley Cup or get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I I I think the secondary scoring will come for the Bruins like it did last year. Krejci and Coyle, those those two guys are way too good for uh, them to not eventually start firing the back of the net. I, the Bruins do need to get some right wings. Uh, I think Kuhlman's a third-line player. I think if they put Kuhlman with Heinen, who has taken a big step forward this year, he's been really solid through six games. Him and Coyle, uh, Heinen, Kuhlman on the third line, I think that would be a perfect third line. I think those three guys would play great together. I think the Bruins need to make that happen more consistently. But to do that, they need to find Krejci a right wing. And I they don't really have money, so they need to move somebody. But I, Cassidy, got to find a right wing. I think I think that's a necessity this year at the deadline, or hopefully sooner. To be honest, um, I don't really get the point of waiting to the deadline. I guess that's when you can get guys on the cheapest. But yeah, they need to they need to find a, a, a right wing that they can get for some draft picks and maybe some players like that, like like Moore or Miller, where they can clear up some cap space or even get rid of back of his contract. They got to get a right wing. There's I'm I'm not denying that the Bruins do need. They need to get Krejci another winger. And DeBrusk hasn't been great either. He's kind of fallen, carrying over from what he did in the playoffs last year. He was pretty quiet, um, which is kind of disappointing. But, yeah, I'm still I, – I think the Bruins – I don't see the Maple Leafs ever beating the Bruins. And the Maple Leafs – Mike Bab – nobody on that team loves, like likes Mike Babcock. Nobody wants to play for him. They, everyone that's ever played for Mike Babcock, basically, other than, like, Nick Lidstrom, criticizes him and says that Mike Babcock's a bad head coach and that – Nobody wants to play for him. The guy's kind of a moron. And he doesn't help his case by benching Jason Spezza in his first game as a Toronto. As a, so Jason Spezza's from Toronto, career Ottawa Senator almost. Uh, he's a kind of – he was kind of a – I don't want to say legend, but he was, he, was a, he was a beast for the Sens for a very long time. He was a senator for almost his entire career, and he's loved in Ottawa. And it's his first game as a Maple Leaf going back against Ottawa. It's kind of a big deal for him, I guess. A lot of his friends in the league were saying that it's a, it was a big deal for him to play in this game. And he wanted to play a role on this Maple Leafs team to win a cup. And uh, Babcock scr- healthy scratches him. And you can say what you want about Spezza at this point in his career. He's not fast. He can't skate. He's not that good anymore. But, I mean, it's the, it's October. Throw him on the fourth line. Like, they really can't. It's not going to affect your team too much. And I guess it's, it's the no-nonsense attitude. But, I mean, the team already doesn't apparently, apparently doesn't really like him. So I don't know how this is helping his case. I mean, those the guys are probably going to rally around Spezza more than they're going to rally around Mike Babcock. And with Matthews off the ice stuff, Nylander and Marner's contract stuff, there's already a rift in that locker room, it seems like. I don't, I don't know how you can have faith in Toronto. And they're throwing 
uh, Barry into the mix. That guy plays. I don't know how you can talk about Camel Card's defense when Tyson Barry. That guy is. That guy doesn't even doesn't even skate back. He, he's terrible on defense. He's awful. He doesn't even, he's like Krug, but way worse on defensively. Not not comparing. Not saying Krug is bad. Krug defensively isn't great. Barry's worse. So I don't know. The Maple Leafs. That team's a mess. I don't see them going anywhere in the playoffs. But that's just me. Um, and Lightning. They have five points through five games. Clearly not going to replicate the regular season success they had last year. That's all I got to say, pretty much, about the NHL so far. Yeah, I think uh, we made our prediction, so that should be that should be enough for now. All right, and uh, you want to talk about MLB playoffs? Uh, I think I think we'll we'll hold off on the MLB playoffs. We'll give a World Series preview. Uh, I like next, that next Tuesday. I can, right now I have, we're mid game in Game Three of the uh, ALCS and. It's kind of hard to talk about the MLB playoffs mid-game, and uh, the whole thing can change based on who wins or loses this game. So we'll just we'll wait off for the uh, World Series, and uh, we'll bring back the uh, the bias bonus. I like that. All right, uh, number one, uh, which will have a larger margin of victory: Georgia at home against Kentucky or Alabama at home against Tennessee? Alabama. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Bama too. I wanted to disagree, but I'll go with Bama. Uh, number two, will Florida? And Oregon, they play at South Carolina and at Washington. Both win. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, I'll I'll go no. I think South Carolina could be a little trap game for Florida. And believe it or not, Oregon Washington is a big rivalry game. Those two teams do not like each other. Uh, on Sunday, will Liverpool beat Man United on the road? Uh, yeah, Man Man United, Man United sucks. Yes, Man United's not very good, but I can't. Liverpool hasn't won on the road in there in a long time, so I'll, I'll go with a draw. I'll say no. Uh, Thursday night football over under two and a half passing touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes against Denver. I'll say I'll say way over. Yeah, I'll I'll go under. Tough tough game in the Mile High City, and I think Denver's defense shows up a little bit. Uh, more passing yards: Jared Goff or Matt Ryan? The uh, Rams at Falcons. Oh, uh, that's I'm probably gonna go. Um, it's from what I've seen so far, I gotta go Matt Ryan. I. Don't have any faith in Jared Goff. Yeah, I think I think I go Matt Ryan as well. The Rams haven't shown any ability to bounce back. Uh, who wins, straight up Lions or Vikings? The game is in Detroit. I'll take the Lions. I I I already said why I don't like the Vikings. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Lions as well. Actually, they're they're a resilient team. I think at home, must win game for them. Saints at Bears over under forty points in the game. Um, I'm actually gonna take I'll take the under. I. They, Teddy Bridgewater, he's looked very good, but he he's kind of been he's been a game manager to the extreme lately, and that's the the Saints have been a pretty very conservative offense. Throw a lot of screen passes, throw a lot of short passes, and then the Bears have Mitch Trubisky, a head coach, or I mean a quarterback, so or Chase Daniel, whoever plays. So I'm going under. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the over on that one. I think uh, Teddy will make some plays in the in the passing game. Uh, Ravens at Seahawks. Who will have more rushing yards, Lamar Jackson or Chris Carson? Um, I'll go, I'll go Chris Carson only because I think the Seahawks are a better team. So they'll probably be running near the end of the game. Whereas the Vikings, uh, the Red, the Ravens will probably be throwing the ball. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Carson as well. I don't think Pete Carroll is going to let uh, Lamar Jackson run all over his defense. And then Eagles at Cowboys. Will a special teams or defensive touchdown be scored? Um, I'll say I'll say yeah. I like Tavon Austin here. I like Tavon Austin to return. <laughs> I I'll say yes as well. I think I think someone's getting to pick six off of one of these quarterbacks. And then 
We need a tenth one, so we'll just go with make it up on the fly. Sam Darnold over under two hundred passing yards against Patriots. Under, way under. I I'm feeling like pick six the first throw, maybe a big sack, back to back sacks on the second drive. Sam Darnold fakes an injury because he's rattled and he wants to go off the field. Finishes the game with like six passing yards. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say way under. I'll I'll take the over on that one. Uh, Sam Darnold looked good last week and. Maybe you'll get some garbage time, garbage time yards to get over 200. And then to update the uh, standings, I know we haven't done bias bonus in a while. Sheamus' overall record is 58 and 52, and I am the complete opposite, uh, 52 and 58. So we'll see if I can make up some ground in the uh, in the standings. All right. And uh, that's all we have for today. Be sure to follow us on bias underscore underscore opinion on Twitter. Uh, obviously, we have not had many episodes lately, mostly because we're pretty busy with school right now. So make sure to follow us. Turn on some tweet notifications. We don't tweet that often, so you'll know every time we have a new episode. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back at some point with a new episode.